Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 210 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Hazel Maddock. Hazel lives in Boca Raton, Florida, and she is a social worker and a case manager for Elder Affairs. Welcome, Hazel. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad to talk to you today. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? That's my favorite question. (laughs) So I started, oh, before we go on, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the backstory. Okay. My first diet was when I was 14. And I've been in a diet ever since. I've been yo-yoing all through my adult life. And moving forward in my life, in my 30s, I moved to New York. 
I am from beautiful Costa Rica and I moved to New York and it was a big change for me. You know, I came from a tropical country where you have lots of vegetables and lots of very healthy food, actually. And I moved to this fast-paced, very fast-paced city. And it was very hard for me. One thing that I always like to share is that coming from a country that is a coffee producer, we enjoy our coffee. And I was used to a good cup of coffee. I was used to, but not just the coffee, but what it comes with it because coffee for me has like a social part to it so i used to back in at home in costa rica we enjoy coffee just like the english enjoy their tea believe it or not right. you know it's a moment where you slow down and you sit down and you have some pastry or you know a toast or anything to go with it and it's like a, an opportunity to recharge for the day Kind of like a ritual. It's like a, a ritual part exactly. of your day. And is, is it usually like you have it in the morning? Like when do you have the coffee ritual? Good question. So we, Costa Ricans usually have coffee twice a day. First thing, thing in the morning and then in the afternoon. But the afternoon is the one that I missed because it's a time when you sit down, no matter where you are, whether at work, wherever you are, you slow down. And you drink your coffee, and the key word is sitting. <laughs> okay, so you're not like grabbing travel mugs and just hauling them around all day like we do here in America now, right? <laughs> no, that's exactly what happened. So th- let me tell you what happened to me. I came here to New York City, and it was such a fast pace. And I believe me, I just couldn't believe how Americans would drink their coffee. I was very upset at first and I was in shock <laughs> and and I used to miss that. You know, I used to miss the coffee, just the plain coffee with just a splash of milk, a little bit of sugar. And then I, I was introduced to half and half and later on to creamer and I was in heaven. But and this is funny what I'm going to say, but it's true. When I was homesick, I would have coffee because coffee for me is something very special. So I used to drink coffee, two, three, four cups of coffee loaded with creamer. And I didn't feel, I mean, it's just kind of embarrassing, but I didn't feel like I was consuming anything. You know, that's really true. It is 100% true. First of all, y'all didn't have creamer in Costa Rica, did you? Mm -mm. No. Other places around the world really have no idea what we're talking about when we say creamer. So anybody who's listening that's not in the United States, creamer is, it's a concoction filled with chemicals and, and it's not even real. You read the back of it and it's just like one big science word after another. You don't know what it is and it's full of artificial flavors. It might have corn syrup to sweeten it or sugar and also Mm -hmm. artificial sweeteners. They have fat-free versions. And when you go to any American grocery store, there is like a giant like aisle of creamer. You really became hooked on the whole creamer (laughs) of America. I did. I did. And again, I thought that it was nothing. So that helped to gain weight. So I came in 2012 and I was... 118 pounds. Now, I am very short. I am 4'11". So, okay. you know, That's important. you can do your numbers. 
Yes, right. very important. So when I came out, I was 118, and then I became a crazy coffee lady. More than I was before, because like I said, it had an emotional thing that I, I was missing. I was very homesick. And then I got married. I had baby number one and then baby number two. So by the time 2020 came, I had two kids under three and I was 136 pounds. That was the heaviest I had ever been. And I heard about keto. And because I had tried all the diets in the world, I tried Atkins, I tried low carb, I tried everything. I thought, because I've done Atkins in the past, this is going to work, right? So I went and bought all kinds of sugars, the powder sugar and the liquid sugar. I bought all kinds of keto cookbooks all the utensils that you need. And I told everyone that I was going to become a keto. You know, I was going to do keto. And I started in January of 2020. Like I said, my my weight was 136 pounds at the time. Can I pop in a little (laughs) comment here with that, Hazel, real quick? People might be hearing this and don't realize they're like, wow, 136, that doesn't sound like a problem. But I want to remind people that you were, you're 411. And I just did a real quick BMI calculation on a BMI calculator. And at 411, 136 is in the overweight category. And it's at the upper end of the overweight category, because according to the calculator I'm using, 92 pounds to 123 pounds is the healthy weight range for you. Hmm. So when you're when you're short, <laughs> vertically challenged as mm-hmm. you are, every pound has more of an impact on your small frame. So I just wanted to put that out there because people might be thinking 136, that's not, you know, that might be a very healthy weight for me, but for you that was solidly in the overweight category. So I wanted to throw that out. So you started keto in January and how did that go? So the first three months, I lost 10 pounds, and I was very happy because I had tried to lose weight before, but I was, you know, I didn't. So I was very happy, and I thought, gee, this is really working. But at the fourth month, I just couldn't see a piece of bacon. (laughs) And I know that there's many ways of doing keto. I know that there's many things that you can eat. I just couldn't see cream cheese again. I just couldn't. Right. So I finally said, this is it. In April of 2020, I just stopped keto and I just gave up. I said, okay, I am a middle-aged woman. I was 43, 42 at the time. And I said, I cannot do this anymore. And I went and bought all kinds of, like a whole closet. And I gave up. I said, this is me. I get it. And, you know, I started brainwashing myself like, okay, this is it. It's okay. Yes, I live in paradise because I live in a beautiful place where I have the beach just 10 minutes from my house. And I, I used to think, okay, yes, I live in paradise, but I don't have to go to the beach. I just try to get myself to feel okay. And for as long as I tried, I also felt like I was failing myself, but I didn't know what else to do. I had tried all the diets in the world. Nothing worked. So December of 2020 came and I was even heavier. I was 148 pounds, 148 pounds. That was my weight with my first pregnancy at the end of my first pregnancy. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was very heavy and I felt really bad. It was, you know, I thought, okay, well, I had kids in my late 30s. My last child was, I was 41. And I thought, okay, I tried. I tried to rationalize it, but it, it never worked. <laughs> but I didn't know what to do. And then one day I was scrolling down my Facebook and I belong to this funny group. It's called Trader Joe's for Busy Moms. And one mom posted something asking about help to get snacks or something. And I started reading the comments thinking, okay, whatever snacks they recommend, I am going to get so I could lose weight, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I read all the comments and one person said, you should try intermittent fasting. I eat everything I want and I am losing a lot of weight. And to me, that was like, okay, she, if she's eating everything she wants, how is she losing weight? And this was right. December 27 of 2020. And it was like midnight and I was, I was really tired, but I was, I wanted to learn more about it. So I started Googling, I didn't know where to go. So I started Googling about intermittent fasting. And I could not believe I could not believe that this information was out there and I didn't know. And this is just a regular Google search. And so I joined all the fasting groups that I could join. I I didn't know where to go, right? So I just did whatever I could. Every information I found, I forwarded to my closest friends. One is in Canada, the other one is in Costa Rica. And I kept telling them, we have to do this. I love it. I love the enthusiasm because you had just decided you were tired of restrictive diets. Yes. Where you just, you have to eat this food, but you can't eat that food. And just like me, I gave up too for all that time that I was like, I just can't do it anymore. And so I love that you were enthusiastically telling your friends from Canada and Costa Rica that you had <laughs> found it, found the answer. And I felt like that. I felt like when I found keto, I thought, okay, maybe I could do this. Maybe this will work for me. But with fasting, I knew this was the answer. I knew it. I just knew it. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. 
If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So... In January of 2021, I started my first fast, and my weight was 148 pounds. So remember, in January of 2020, I was 136 pounds. I lost 10 pounds, and then I gained it all back and more. Plus more, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So you did your first fast right there in January of 2021, starting at 148, which is you know, easy, you know, it's definitely going up the scale on your 411 body. I bet you didn't feel good at all. Oh, no, no, I couldn't. And I have small kids. I couldn't chase my kids. I couldn't play with them. I was always sluggish and tired and, and moody because I felt bad. I really felt bad and ashamed. Like I felt like I was failing myself. So I started with the information that I found online and it wasn't a lot. But it worked. The first week, I lost 10 pounds. And this is where I love to share my story because I hope that this will bring hope to someone out there because I'm sure someone is going through what I went through. So the first week, I lost 10 pounds and I thought, oh my gosh, I am again in heaven. This works. But guess what, Jin? I didn't lose any pounds. I didn't lose anything for the next five months. (laughs) Well, I want to pop in there and say, when somebody loses a great deal of weight really fast like that, like like 10 pounds in the first week, it's mm-hmm. definitely not fat. It's a lot of inflammation and water weight. Now, I am not going to discount the importance of that because, you know, everybody who doesn't think that water weight is weight, go get 10 pounds of water and carry mm-hmm. it around with you all day. And you'll be like, man, I'm tired of carrying around these 10 pounds of water. So... <laughs> Exactly. There's there's no shame in losing 10 pounds of water weight. That's actually, you're going to feel so much better. But for five months after that, you didn't lose any more weight at all? No, nothing. And I had joined all these fasting groups and, you know, I would read posts and I would post myself my questions because I didn't know, like, I didn't think about finding books. I didn't think about, you know, (laughs) finding good sources. I just, you know, I did what I could. So I was fasting. At first, I wasn't doing a clean fast because I had that keto mentality. So I was drinking my coffee with heavy cream or sometimes I would use ghee, but no sugar substitutes. Artificial sweeteners. Right. Right. No, nothing like that. But just I was having that cream. And then I learned about a clean fast. In one of those groups, I learned about clean fast. So then I, I stopped the heavy cream. Still, 
the scale didn't move and I was fasting. I was really fasting for 18 hours, you know, 18, six. Sometimes I would fast for a little longer, not because I knew that you could or that I wanted to, but it just happened. So a few days here and there, I would fast longer. And then one day in May, yeah, I think it was May of 2021, I posted a cry for help in one of those groups. And I said, I don't know what else to do. I know this works for me. I know this is my answer, but I don't know what what I'm doing wrong. And I got all kinds of responses, mainly focusing on doing a low-carb diet. But one person said, you should read Delay, Don't Deny by Jean Stevens because that book, that was the best $15 I've ever spent. And it caught my attention, you know, and I went and read the reviews in Amazon and I thought, wow, you know, this book has really great reviews. I downloaded it that same day in Audible because, you know, I can't read. I I am a mom (laughs) with a full-time job. So I downloaded it and I listened to it the weekend and I could not believe it. So I understood through your book that I was insulin resistant. Now, that same day, I joined your Facebook group that you had back then. And I started reading all the posts and all that. And through your book, I learned about OMAD. And right. so looking back, what I understand I was doing Even though, yes, I was fasting for 18 hours, I was also overeating. That's one thing I was doing. I was grazing because I didn't know. Again, I did. I I had no idea. So I was grazing. I still had food in my car, in my drawers, in my, my desk at work. So I was grazing during my eating hours. That's one thing. And another thing I believe is I was insulin resistant for sure. And why I know it is because... I am Hispanic. My diet has a lot of carbs, lots of rice, corn, pasta, things like And on top of that, I have a sweet tooth (laughs) just to top it off. I get it. I get it. Right? So I think that also affected me. But anyway, after I read your book, I read all the books that you recommended in your book. I read The Obesity Code, The Complete Guide to Fasting, all the Dr. Fong's book. I also downloaded and read. I read Dr. Herring's book, The Power of Appetite Correction. And that really made a difference in my life. I started doing ADF and I feel that was the main thing for me. Because when I started doing ADF in May of 2020, I started losing weight. So let me pop in real quick. When Hazel talks about ADF, she's talking about alternate daily fasting. And Mm -hmm. it, it sounds like to me, Hazel, that you decided to try alternate daily fasting because you knew that the longer fasts would help with your insulin resistance. Yes, because I felt that nothing I had done so far was working. And I believed I really believed in this wholeheartedly, and I knew I was going to get to my weight loss, but I didn't know how. So after reading your book and reading the posts and everything, I thought, this is going to really help me. And it did. After reading your book, I started doing OMAD, and still the scale didn't move. I also feel that back then, we were now in lockdown. I was under a lot of stress. I was working at that time. I was working with survivors of human trafficking. I was on call 
And so I, I had a lot of things going on in my plate. So I think that also had a role. But I thought, okay, this is my chance. I am at home. I can do this. And I started doing ADF. I remember you commented on a post. I posted asking for help and, and you gave me a few hints of information as to how to do ADF, you know, the up day, the down day, and to make sure to eat the two meals during the up day. And that's how I started. And so I did it for about three weeks and my the scale started to move and it never stopped after that. I continued to lose weight steadily, not very fast. So far, I lost about 25 pounds. I still want wow. to lose 10 to 15 more pounds, but I am happy right now. Of course, I would like to lose more, but I am I am happy. I mean, I still could lose, like I said, but I am not super trying. I feel that fasting really changed my perception of life. It really changed the way I approach life. I feel that this helped me be in control. For the first time in my life, I am in control. And I I love that. Right? Isn't it great? I am no yes. longer thinking about food. I used to think about food all the time, all the time. I used to go out on the weekends with my family and we had not left one restaurant when I was thinking about the next one. It's so sad. And now I feel like I am in complete control. I decide when to eat and how to eat. You know, that's very powerful. It's absolutely powerful. And let me just say what you just shared is how I used to be as well. I can remember, I know I've shared this before, but I remember going on cruises with my family and especially that last cruise in 2014 when I was so miserable and obese. And I can remember they had, back at one time, they had, I we used to like to cruise on Carnival because the boys loved the kids program. Like from the time, as soon as we walked on that first cruise ship, Cal was like, this is heaven. And he would be running around with the other kids. He would meet all the kids on the ship <laughs> the whole time. He had so <laughs> much fun. So we loved Carnival because they had such good activities for the kids. Mm -hmm. I can remember back in, in the day when we would go on those cruises, they had the formal dining room was open for breakfast and it was open for lunch and it was open for dinner. I would like make them all get up and go to the formal dining room with me at like eight in the morning. And we would sit down and have a full formal dining room breakfast. And then I would make them go back for lunch. All right, everybody, now it's time to go for lunch. Cause I was like, this is the best part. We've already paid for these meals. And I love the restaurant experience. But yeah, I, on the way out of the breakfast, I remember looking to see what was going to be for lunch and like, oh. ooh, I think I'll have that. I'm like, what in the world craziness is that? And in contrast, I'm here at the beach right now with Will. We took a quick trip. It's February. It's cold, but we took a quick trip to the beach cottage and I fasted all day. We drove here. I fasted all day on the way. It's like a four-hour trip. And then when we got here, you know, Will's having a sandwich and whatever, and I'm still fasting. And we went out to dinner probably around 6 p.m. And that was when I opened my window. It's great. I've been fasting for two years now. I've been on vacation. I went to Costa Rica. I used to go to Costa Rica. And it's so embarrassing, but I used to bring a list of things, not places that I would want to visit or people that I would like to meet. I used to bring a list of foods that I would want wow. to eat. And 
I've been to Costa Rica once since I started. Oh my gosh, and it was so liberating. I went to the mountains. I fasted my whole time there. It was great. It changes your perspective. Instead of thinking about food, you get to enjoy your surroundings. You're really present. To me, that was amazing. And I've been, not only have I been back to Costa Rica, but I've been on vacation. We went to the Keys. Same thing. We've, my husband now fasts with me. Love it. Yeah. He doesn't do it every day, but he fasts. Like when I tell him, let's do a two-day fast. And he, you know, he loves that. He loves long fasts. So, you know, we went to the Keys, just him and I, and we had a great time. And we only had two meals. <laughs> Love it. And see, that's the thing as well. Because you're not eating all the time, you don't feel like you're like, I'm going to really have an amazing meal. And, exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like a, a guilty splurge. Like we went to this Italian restaurant that's really, has been around. It's in Surfside Beach, South Carolina. And it's like when we first started coming down here, people were like, this is the best Italian food. Like the people had come from New York and opened it. So they really know Italian food. And I got lasagna and there was zero guilt. I mean, oh. lasagna at this amazing Italian restaurant. and mm -hmm. But, you know, it's maybe more expensive for that nice meal, but I don't give it any thought because I hadn't, like, been eating fast food all the way down and, drop, you know, eating snacks from the gas station like I used to do. Same. And that's another thing, you know, the guilt-free. You, you get to enjoy, like you said, feast. You can feast without remorse, without feeling bad. I used to feel really bad, so bad and so ashamed. And now I can feast without guilt. And I went to Costa Rica and I had many meals and I enjoyed every one of them, but I also fasted. And Love it. it was great. It was great. So let's talk about ADF a little bit. You're still following the ADF approach now? Mm, well, I do the meal this Monday Every now okay. and then, then, not all the time, or sometimes I fast Fridays, like a whole, I do ADF on Fridays, just because I want, I still have small children, my oldest is six, my youngest is four, so we usually have a nice breakfast on the weekends, either Saturday or Sunday, my husband is a great waffle maker, <laughs> so a great cook, I should say, so I try to either fast Friday, so I could have a nice brunch on Saturday. So yes, I still do it. Not all the time, but I still do it. I love ADF. So you'll throw in one or two down days a week. Is that what you're doing now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Followed by up days. And then on the other days, are you more like one meal a day? Yes. Oh, yeah. I do OMAD. And it's great also because, you know, I, I work full time. I just get home. I start cooking. And then we have a nice meal. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just a beautiful approach for people who want to have a little more fasting time, but don't want to do pure ADF where it's like literally every other day. Some people love that, but not everyone wants to be that regimented. So you're doing what we would call a hybrid approach now, where you're having one or two down days a week, followed by each down day, followed by an up day. And then the other days, you just have a daily eating window that feels right to you. Mm-hmm. And I am on the weekends, I try to fast at least 13 hours. I no longer have the apps, you know, to count the hours. I no longer follow that because I listen to my body. Now, for the first time ever, I really get to listen to my body. You know, when I used to listen to your podcasts, 
Two years ago, I didn't understand what that meant. Listen right. to your body. What does it mean? Now I understand. And so I no longer follow the, the apps that would tell me how many hours I fast. So I know that the weekends I do at least 14 hours sometimes, but I try to fast a little longer, but at least 14 hours. And that allows me to have meals with my family, to do things with my kids and things like that. But I really love it. I think there's a lot to be said for that type of flexibility. And we talk sometimes in the community, you know, we know that intermittent fasting has metabolic benefits because we're tapping into fat stores when we're fasting clean. So our body doesn't get the message that we're in starvation risk. We're able to tap into our fat stores for fuel, even though we're not eating. But then we have our eating windows. But sometimes you can get into an overly restrictive eating window, whereas you're having like one meal a day within an hour every day, and your body can adjust to that. And it doesn't mean that you've like ruined your metabolism, but you might plateau. But when you're more flexible like you're being right now, and and the way I tend to be, a little more flexible when there's something special or a reason to be more flexible, Mm -hmm. I think that really helps our bodies not adapt to what we're doing. So true. And that's really what you found. Now, when you first started doing alternate daily fasting and the scale started to move, what approach were you doing at that point? Was it similar to what you're doing now or were you doing more down days per week? Yes, I was trying to do ADF three times a week. And then when I didn't do ADF, I would do OMAD. Okay. And I did that for about two months, maybe. I'm not I'm not sure, but I did it for a long time. And then I went strictly OMAD and then I would add ADF. The one or two times a week. You would yes. pop them in one or two times a week. That makes sense. So that actually sounds very similar, Hazel, to what I did right after I read the obesity code. When was it? It was the spring of 2016, because that's when the obesity code came out. So I had been having some weight regain. After losing the original 75 pounds, I was having some weight regain. But you know from my story, you remember I wasn't fasting clean because (laughs) we didn't understand. Just like you said, you'd come from keto and we were all putting cream in our coffees and ghee and all of that. Same thing with me. You know, I was putting stuff in my coffee. I was always using stevia. I was chewing gum like crazy. I was drinking flavored things, thinking I was fasting. Then I read the obesity code, and I learned about the cephalic phase insulin response, and I understood, oh, it's not just the calories. Oh, that's so interesting. And then I was like, all right, I got to drink black coffee. So once I switched to the black coffee, the fast got so much easier, and the other plain water, plain sparkling water, but... At the same time, I had just read the obesity code, and the only really intermittent fasting plan he's got in there in the back is really an alternate daily fasting approach. So that was when, for about two months, I did very much what you were doing. I did a 4-3 approach, three days a week. I had three down days, and each of those were followed by, I mean, I didn't even consider myself having an eating window on the up days, but I did that probably for about two months. And then at that point, I switched to one meal a day after that, pretty much with my five-hour eating window and ish, I say, you know, because it can be longer or shorter. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I've eaten every day since then. But if I needed to lose more weight, I could see that what you're doing right now might be a great approach. One meal a day a week, maybe Mm -hmm. Monday when a lot of people are doing it, maybe two, but pop them in there when it feels good. So that's where the flexibility really comes in. Yeah, and I love it. Now, 
let me tell you about my friends because I mentioned my two friends. My two friends are now, this is their lifestyle, just like me. And one of my friends, the one that lives in Costa Rica, and I decided to do a podcast. Oh, I love it. This is why I reached out to you because I feel like even though I have since left all the fasting groups that I had first joined back in the day, I realized that there is so much misinformation out there and people think that you need to starve yourself along with the fasting. And so we decided to do a podcast in Spanish to talk about that. And what's the name of your your podcast for people who want, like, for example, Roxy, you know, Roxy, I'm Mm -hmm. certain. And she's one of my closest friends and she has lots of her community is Spanish. And I know she would love to recommend your podcast. What, what's it called? We're still working on it, but the name is going to be, I'll tell you in Spanish, Ayunar para Sanar. And I would say it's fasting for healing. One thing that I realized through this whole journey is that there's an emotional component to eating. We all know that. And I feel that if you have undealt trauma in your life and you don't treat that, even though the weight loss will happen, you're still going to struggle in your emotions because the weight loss is not the solution. And another thing that I've seen, and also coming from my experience, if you've had sexual abuse or any undealt trauma, if you don't work with that, it's going to affect you. So our idea about the podcast is not only to talk about, yes, you can have a variety of foods in your diet, but also our idea is to talk about the emotional part because I think that's the key. Yeah, it's so important. Now, by the time this podcast comes out at the end of July, your podcast may be out by then. So even though you just said it's not out yet, because we're recording this in February, so Mm -hmm. listeners should probably be able to find it by July, don't you think? Yeah, I hope so. Mm -hmm. So listeners should definitely look for that. Fasting for healing, but in Spanish, and I can't say it. Say the name of it again in (laughs) Spanish. Ayunar para sanar. Love it. So I love what you said about healing from trauma and the work that you did. You mentioned you did some work with human trafficking. I bet you have seen some things that would be just so heartbreaking. And that's the thing, you know, I've worked with survivors of sexual abuse my whole life. I worked with people that have gone through the worst trauma possible. And I've seen that if you do not deal with that, it's going to haunt you. You know, it's going to haunt you and you really have to deal with the trauma. And so that's our plan. But I love the fact that many people have started fasting because of me. And I mean, I did become a a preacher of fasting and I love it. Yes. But I've helped people and the people that I've helped also have helped others. So it's great. I really love that, too. I love that too. The way that when you tell one person and they tell one person and they tell one person, but that's not what happens. We don't just tell one person. Exactly. (laughs) It's like the branches of a tree. And so I always like to picture, you know, just like a family tree, but you're the root of that, that tree. And then the branches go up and up and up and you never know how many branches that are sprouting off. And that's the part that's just beautiful to think that you're impacting other people. And I love that it's going to be in Spanish and Roxy's going to be really excited about that. I'm like, as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to tell her. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send her a message. She's going to love it. 
Great. I'd love to have her in my podcast, too. I already have a list of people. Well, she would love to be on it, I'm sure. Yeah. And my idea is to do the same thing that you do, to have someone share their story, because we have to hear the stories, you know, of people saying, yes, I eat everything I want. Yes, I have a very good meal. And yes, I am losing weight, not just, you know, starving myself. Right. And you're healing. I love that the name of it is Fasting for Healing. Mm -hmm. So this is your friend from Costa Rica. What, what sort of success has she had? Well, she's also lost about 30 pounds. I think she's lost more by now. And, you know, she's doing great. We both, I mean, this is our lifestyle now. And we talk about our issues, you know, with fasting and the days that we go without eating and all of that. So she's doing great. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. So tell me about the friend in Canada. Did she stick with fasting as well? Yes, absolutely. We're all fasting. My friend, she fasts for less hours. I would say that. Okay. But she's doing great. She fasts with me also. I mean, this is our lifestyle. So everybody is fasting. <laughs> That's fantastic. So have your tastes in food changed at all over the course of your fasting journey? I know you mentioned that you enjoy the the rice and the corn and the pasta mm -hmm. and the sugar, which I love those things as well. Like I said, I had lasagna last night. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh. But but have you have you changed your eating at all? Absolutely. That's a part of listening to your body, right? right. When you understand that your body wants vegetables and you feel good when you eat them, when you feel good eating, you know, avocado. I love avocado. So it, yes, it, it has definitely changed. And I remember from the podcast, is it worthy? Is it window worthy? Window worthy. I forgot. Right. So yes, I feel like we no longer go out as much as we used to. And if we do, I mean, we never ate fast food before. My husband hates fast food. And coming from a tropical country, that is not something that I would enjoy, that I used to enjoy. And so, of course, now I don't even consider it. But we used to eat not as healthy. And I used to eat a lot of 
popcorn and things like that, crackers. So now I try to limit that, but I definitely enjoy a good meal, a good steak, something homemade, something that we prepared and we think about, we plan ahead. I think it makes a difference. You know, you enjoy it as a, not the food itself, but the other components, you know, the preparation, the sitting. We always have a meal, our meal together at home with my children. So, but I really enjoy that. The fact that we sit down and enjoy a very healthy meal. My kids are growing, eating healthy meals every day. So that's something I'm grateful because before this, both of my kids have had eating issues and we couldn't get them to gain weight. So now instead of forcing them, like I used to, instead of forcing the carbs, the mac and cheese, the chicken nuggets, instead of forcing that, I just present to them a healthy food and a healthy plate. And if they want to eat it, it's okay. If they don't, well, they will have to wait until the next meal. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I wish I could go back in time and do that with my boys, but of course I can't because now they're grown. But (laughs) if I had understood what I understand now, I would have been a very different mother to those boys. But the fact that you sit down every night, because we didn't do that. We didn't sit down as a family. And a lot of that, you know, was because of our schedules. Chad worked in Atlanta and drove home. It was over an hour. So he didn't get home until after I had fed the boys. But If I could go back, I might have given them a little something and then still had a sit down to dinner as a family. Mm -hmm. I would really like to go back and have that because it's powerful. Will's at home right now with us, and we eat dinner as a family, the three of us, every night. Oh, that's really nice. But we didn't all the time growing up. But like I said, I wish I could go back and do that and Mm -hmm. presenting them with the healthy foods instead of the fast foods. Is your husband also from Costa Rica? No, he's from New York. And His father is from Croatia, and his mother is the first generation of Russians born in America. So my husband grew up eating lots of seafood because his father was the cook at home. So he still makes a lot of that. He loves to cook, and he loves to make fish. And, you know, I used to hate it at first. When we first got married, (laughs) I used to hate it because he uses a lot of olive oil and things like that. But now I really enjoy it. I I really love it. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Your tastes have changed to enjoy those healthy flavors. Mm -hmm. And I made him a coffee drinker because he used to be a tea drinker when we started dating. (laughs) Love it. Love it. But now you, you enjoy your coffee black. And do you still have your afternoon coffee ritual just with maybe black coffee now? Yeah, that's what I do. Yes. Just plain coffee. And it brought me back to my roots. It really did, you know, because that's how my grandparents used to drink their coffee. Maybe just a splash of milk and that's it. So I enjoy the aroma, sitting down, and I try to take the time like I used to back at home in Costa Rica. I still take the time at work. I just close my office and drink my coffee plain, (laughs) and I don't miss anything. You're not putting in that same splash of milk that your grandparents might have put in. You're just having yours black, but you're Mm -hmm. having that that moment, that ritual with it that reminds you of growing up. Mm -hmm. And it helps me to recharge for the next few hours of my day. So I really love it. And see, that's the thing. Food has an emotional component. And coffee to me was that, you know, it used to make me feel like home. But now it still does, but in a different way. And I love it. That makes me happy to hear because you were homesick 
and you were connecting with coffee with all those creamers, which was not good for your body. Also, you know, I've, I've talked about this before, I'm sure, but there's no secret that when I first started gaining a, so much weight is when I was starting to drink lattes. Like I didn't drink coffee at all until in my 30s. And when I was hitting 40, then I started drinking lattes all day long because <laughs> I got a machine. It was right when, when the Keurig first came out. But also, mm-hmm. at the same exact time, a machine called the Tassimo came out. So there was a Tassimo machine and the Keurig machine. Both came out at the same time. And I remember, like, which one should I get? Which one should I get? But the Tassimo machine let you make lattes because they had, like, a little milk cartridge that you could put in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going with that one. So I had one in my classroom. And you could pop in. It would make, like, an espresso cartridge. And then you would pop in the milk cartridge, and it would make the latte for you. And so I got hooked on those lattes, and I could make them right there in my classroom. And, you know, they were only, what, 80 calories. Like you mentioned, it felt like you were drinking nothing. Mm -hmm. But that was when I started for the first time in my life to really have abdominal obesity. And I swear it was all those lattes. Oh, yeah. I believe that was, I gained so much weight even before having kids just by that. And of course, the change in diet, because here I ate different, but I feel like it was the coffee. It was, I mean, all those chemicals that you're putting in your body. Also, all that creaminess, because now that we think back, I mean, I'm not anti-dairy. I I eat dairy Mm -hmm. plenty of times in my eating window. But when you think about dairy, it is the perfect food for baby mammals, all dairy, baby mammal food, when they're growing rapidly. So I Mm -hmm. think, huh, (laughs) dairy is very growth promoting. So to be, you know, like having that hot milkshake all day long, you know, my body got in storage mode because that's really what dairy does. So anyway, (laughs) that coffee, it did it for me. Is there anything that you struggle with now? Oh, yes. I feel this is a journey. This is a journey and it's your own personal journey. So this is I am in my personal journey. I feel that sometimes when I get home and if I don't have uh, something to break my fast, something to break my fast ready, I would go for the things that I have for my children. So to this day, two years into fasting. So I try to be very mindful of that. So when I am driving home, I start thinking, what am I going to break my fast with instead of going to the pantry and grabbing whatever I can because that has happened and I have done that. And then I don't feel as bad as I used to. Then I go, why did I eat that? You know, if I was going to have my great meal 20 minutes after. But yeah, I struggle with that. Let me see. One thing that this helped me when I read your book, I think you said to write down the goals that you had. And I, the one thing I wrote was to be able to go to the beach and to wear my swimsuit, go to our local pool. And that is something that I no longer struggle. I really don't. I love it. It's okay. I still have belly, but yes, I carried two children in my belly, so I I don't care. That's right. We're going to love our bodies no matter what, and we're not going to be ashamed of them. That's my my big thing. You know, I'm always going to have that little belly too. And Mm. it's just, that's what the woman's body is supposed to be like. Hmm. Yes. Instead of the pressure that they put on you. (laughs) Right. I'm just going to wear a high-waisted bathing suit or a one-piece, and that's it. <laughs> yes, and enjoy. Yes, I, I wear a one-piece swimsuit, but I enjoy it. I go, and I used to 
not be able to do that. I wasn't able to do that before. And, you know, living here in Florida, I wasn't able to do it. I would find every excuse to let my husband and children go and I would just stay behind. But now I love it. I love it and I embrace my curves. I embrace my belly. It's okay. And I, I am happy. That's the most important part. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I would say, like I just said, this is your journey. If it happens to you that uh, you stalled and you stop losing weight just like it happened to me, or you feel that you're not losing weight as fast as you would like, think how long it took you to get here. It didn't take you just a few years. It didn't. It takes a long time to get to where you are, whatever your situation is. So I would have wanted someone to tell me, just take it easy. Enjoy the ride. Go slow. It's okay. This is not only for weight loss, but this is for healing. You're healing not only your body physically, but you're healing your emotions too. And I would say that, you know, just take it easy. Another thing that I would say is if you feel that if you're stalled and you're not losing weight and you're doing everything the way you're supposed to, and it's been like me, four or five months and nothing happens, not three days, but months, <laughs> If it's that long and nothing is happening, then try to extend your fast just for a few days to see how you feel and how it goes. To me, that was the key. As soon as I started doing ADF, the scale started to move and it continued to move. And even when I went back to OMAD, it continued moving. So I feel like we want results, you know, we want results and we want them now. Just take it easy, enjoy, just think how your body is healing and how this is is something that you're going to do for the long run. That's another thing. When someone starts this thinking that it's going to be a two or three months, this is not going to work for you because it becomes another diet. Just like all the, the diets that you tried before, this is not going to work for you if that's what you're thinking. This has to be an approach for life. If you're willing to do this, and even if you're not willing to, that's what I tell people, even if you don't think that you can do this forever because you feel that you're going to starve yourself, just try one day at a time. After a month, you're going to feel so good that you're not going to want to eat every two hours. I don't feel like I want to eat every two hours anymore. I feed my kids. I have snacks for them in my car, like I used to have for me. But I don't feel like eating those things anymore. It's powerful. So Hazel, thank you so very much for sharing your story. It's going to provide a lot of inspiration to a lot of people. And I really enjoyed talking to you. Same here, Jen. Thank you so much for your time. And I appreciate the opportunity. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. 
Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! 